0: It's Jackie Cation Welcome to the Dork Forest I'm back in my house It's very exciting You know the websites JackieCation.com DorkForest.com The guy who just sang That would be Mike Regberg Singing the Dork Forest song With his girlfriend Sarah And he'll sing again at the end Patrick Brady will fix the audio When it all comes together And Vilmos is working on the website The The website is in transition too It's gonna. It, there are changes being made And there's a new merch page Because there's a new Dork Forest t-shirt Feel free to order it Because I don't have any work coming up uh, So so, feel free to order a bunch of them. And, knock yourselves out, use the donation button, cause the, that'll keep me in the style to which I've, which, uh, I've, uh, tried to become accustomed, which is here in Van Nuys. The beautiful, uh, Van Nuys lifestyle. Anyway, so, oh, and if you need a magnet, just send me two bucks on the donation button. If that's all you want is a magnet and you live in the United States, cause I have a Dork Forest magnet for you. But there's Ranger t-shirts and then the new Dork Forest designed by Brent Chambers. Brett Chambers. Anyway, sitting across from me, the very talented, the very funny, uh, a man i just met and uh and did not know enough about and now want to know more than enough about hi al jackson welcome to the program (laughs) oh what's up jack
1: how you doing mama
0: i'm good i'm doing good it's we met at hannibal burris's show yes in new york city in i already know who you were though you did know who I was. I, I was, did. you were like, Oh, I'm a big fan. And I was like, damn it. Why am I not a big fan of yours? And you're like, Well, I'm going up next. And then I became a big, I immediately, sw- swear to God, immediately became a big fan. Oh, thanks. Cause man. it was a great set and yeah. it was interesting and funny. And, and I was like, Yay. That's and I had never heard of half of the people, quite honestly, that, cause, cause much like, uh, much like, like I'm a, I'm a I'm a female comic. That's what I do. I do stand up comedy, but i also have the lady box. Yes, <laughs> and I know more really funny women comics than most people do. Right. And Hannibal Burris obviously knows more funny black comics than That's true. The rest of the world. Right. And he's like, you seriously should see this person. Yeah. This is another person that you should also see. Yeah. And I have that same thing with with Aaron Foley and Aaron Jackson and Aaron and,
1: Jackson is one of my favorite. Just human be- I mean, Carly, oh, she's hilarious. Yeah! I read her, I read just her Facebook and her Twitter updates and like literally <laughs> like once she wrote this thing and I was reading it on my Let's iPad. Let's about Aaron Jackson. Yeah, I love her. Yeah, I, and I literally had to bite my finger. I was laughing so hard and I want people to think I was crazy on the flight. <laughs> but uh, Aaron's just so funny and it's just like, how how is she? Not famous. Not famous. She's yeah. one of the funniest people.
0: Ever. And she, I just recorded a couple of weeks ago with her yeah. and she said one of the funniest things that I love in Dork Forest uh, when, it, when it comes to the Dork Forest because she's said, Yeah, I'd love to dork out about something, but I collect something that every everyone collects shot glasses, right? Yeah. <laughs> the, that, that was said out loud. That by is, <laughs>
1: what a beautiful what a beautiful human being she is. She just He's, makes you yes. she makes you feel like you made the right decision by getting into this business.
0: Oh totally. Know? Oh
1: there's a lot of comics where you're like, "Oh, oh, and this person's okay. All right,
0: All right. fantastic. <laughs> I'm going to have to go lie down now and I'll yeah. fall." <laughs> exactly. But she is she's genuinely she's one of the nicest people and yeah. her stand up is great. It's it is. genuinely great. Yeah, she so, uh she and I did the
1: Boston Comedy Festival a couple of years ago and uh she and I were we were, were back to back and uh she went on first and I went after and I was like Aaron Jackson and Al Jackson, but we've never met. Thank you, slave trade. You know? <laughs> like, it's very it's very true. Like we, we you know, we, there Those past diverged at some point. We knew each other at some point. I'm right, sure under right. mud, there was much a, duress.
0: Under much <laughs> duress, there was a great-grandmother and a great-great-aunt. And they were like, what are you doing? Well, I'm going to go make some food. What are you doing? Well, I'm going to go shovel this thing. Yes. I'll be right back. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> so I sent you the standard email. Yes. What do you like? What do you do? And so you said... Uh Okay, so you said old-timey. You didn't say old-timey hip-hop. Uh, I would That's never I, say
1: old-timey hip-hop. <laughs> I think as soon as you call old-school hip-hop old-timey hip-hop, there's like five guys surround you, and one goes, you should probably get out of here, and then you leave
0: right. before something it's, happens. Uh, right, anyway, <laughs> if, you, if you can, throw like a dime to create a d- diversion over in another corner <laughs> so
1: you can run. Puff a smoke, I'm out of here. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, that would be weird if the DJ is like, now nah,
0: y'all ready for some
1: old-timey hip-hop? <laughs> No. <laughs>
0: I see that's the only hip hop I know yeah. because I tend to collect one album right. uh in a year uh and every 3 years. Okay. <laughs> so right. like this year I have purchased actually um my my brother decided that I needed to learn more about 1961. Okay. And uh so it was uh the absolute essential Nat King Cole. Okay. Who I had only heard wow. his Christmas stuff. Right. So there's an idea. Uh Brenda Lee, not Peggy Lee, and um uh oh. Ruth Brown, R and B. Anything? Uh, no, I don't know that name. She's about 11. She's, uh, but she keeps singing about how she loves a man who hits her. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> right. and my brother, and I'm like, hey Russ, how about you don't turn me on to this lady who's really into <laughs> some sepidomasicism? <laughs> I know it's got a fat beat and the kids can dance, yeah. but I don't want to. <laughs> That's as
1: far as we're going to go with Ruth Brown. Right. Yeah. And so, but, so in
0: 1989, I bought, uh, the KRS ones, yeah. um, the, uh, Jimmy hat. Oh, wow. you bought that album? Yeah. Okay,
1: that's and and what do you did you like a single that you heard off that the Jimmy you,
0: Hat one? It so made that, me laugh.
1: And then so you bought the whole album? I bought the whole album. Isn't that crazy that we're talking whimsically about the days where you hear one song and you bought the album, as right. Opposed to kind of poaching,
0: right? Or just grabbing it off the internet, which right. was only available through Prodigy, I think, at the time, nineteen eighty
1: nine. I yeah. I, I I really to this day, and this is going to sound like the corniest thing ever. I I'm very uncomfortable with stealing music. Oh I just I won't do it. I'll just I, pay for it. I'd I, rather I'd rather pay for it than steal. You know, it's just I, I don't think know. that that's
0: I think that I there was a point when I did.
1: Of course, me too, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I had thousands and thousands of songs that I never listened to. Mm-hmm. But I had no problem doing it and I don't anymore. I'm just right. like you have a job. Why don't you these people this is an income. Why right. don't you give them some money? It's not Yeah, I'm with you.
1: Yeah, it's it's a weird thing and it, and just like a, it, you, it's a weird su- sense of self-entitlement where you're like, I deserve to just... Get-. These people all got together and decided to make music for right. your entertainment. Right. Kick them 99 cents. Yeah. You it's, know? A it's a dollar. It's you, a fucking dollar. You can do it. Get yeah. some cash together. Yes. Get- and if you can't afford that, then you don't need to be listening to music. You need to be going to your second job.
0: Right. Exactly. Go get... And why don't you borrow it? Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't add to the... Because creating that whole second industry of stealing movies and stealing books... I have a friend of mine who... It's like, yeah, you know, I I take books for my Kindle app, but they aren't formatted for the Kindle app, so I have to read around them. And I was like, oh, my God, go to the library. What are you doing? What are you – that is an awful lot of work to have to reformat yeah. a book. Yeah. It's – and it's not a – I mean, it's – you're not – it's not great literature because, by the way, all of that is free. Exactly. On Kindle. You can, <laughs> it's
1: such – so – yeah but so anyway I feel yeah. uncomfortable stealing music and yeah. I I do think that the idea that you can't just get one or two singles off of every album has completely and I'd be interested to see like what you think about this listen to albums uh c- coming you know to present day yeah that there's no incentive for the artist to not make Three good songs and then just have crap. There's no, there's no oh, incentive right. to having a great album because no one cares. They right. People are going to buy the two singles and maybe one dance party hit and they'll leave it. So why right. do you care?
0: Right. Well, and, and didn't they, and I, again, music not being my strong suit, right. but, uh, this is what, to my knowledge, I was told that, that, When people do a musical album, it's sort of like a comedy album, in my opinion, where there's an arc to it. I mean, there's a story sort of being told in each of the songs that you're doing, especially with hip-hop. I mean, because it's so autobiographical so often that... You're like, what? You're gonna miss the story about his dad. When, right. Why wouldn't you want the whole album?
1: <laughs> right. It's, it's, it's really interesting. I've, I don't even know how many people, like, I'm a huge uh, Biggie Smalls fan. Okay. And his first album is called Ready to Die. Mm-hmm. And it, in it, the, it begins with his birth. And you can hear the, the first track is his birth, uh, the doctor telling his mom to push. The second track is like, you can hear his parents, um, Kind of arguing and like right. you kind of see the dissolve, the, the, you know, the relationship between his parents dissolving. Okay. He takes it to a song about the everyday struggle by being broke. And then towards the middle of the album, it kind of talks about like the hit the, the single off of that was Juicy. That was a big okay. song off of that. And that was about him making it. So that's kind of like the okay. arc. And then, you know, the last song, the last few songs is, is how he's tired of show business. And the last track is Suicidal Thoughts. And the, the album ends with a gunshot. And so it's like his whole life yeah. from birth to death and every song makes sense in in, in its place. And there's a reason the that order. this is track three and this is track four. Yeah. And just like here, life is coming up and then you making it and then you know, people hating on you and people right. that you knew turning on you and you were getting upset about that and feeling worthless and it's it but it's uh, like if you just took track five and track eight and track eleven, who gives a shit? <laughs> right that, that whole thing makes no sense.
0: It makes no sense and and granted, there's probably three great songs on the album. Right. But if you listen to it a half a dozen times in the whole arc, you can appreciate those three great songs more. Right. Definitely. Because I did. I I did buy an album. Heard about it on NPR. Yeah. Alabama Shakes. <laughs> uh, uh, my buddy
1: just told me about them. I heard their single. I loved it. How's the album? The whole album's great. Okay. Whole, I, will, and I will own that by the end of the day today.
0: There are probably three or four really good songs, mm-hmm. and uh, but the whole album you know i for some reason i only have 3 albums on my ipad right, right. now so when i'm on lo- when i'm on a uh on an airplane i have been listening to uh paul simon's Graceland right okay uh, which i just rebought again because okay. <laughs> i had it on cassette
1: you feel like it still holds up like it new, does yeah. hold up.
0: It really does. I have that, The Graceland. I have, um, My Aim is True by Elvis Costello and that Alabama Shakes album. Yeah. And then I have a thousand Tolkien professor uh, podcasts. Okay. So
1: <laughs> well, that's about-
0: he'd say, he's going through a, a lot of things. They're called riddles in the dark. It's a, it's what you, he thinks they might take from the book and put in the movies. It's an entire podcast dedicated to that. Yeah. He's on the fifth one. Five hours of, well, what do you think? Do you think they're going to go back to the Goblin King and the Silmarillion or the Appendices? Oh, my God. So, but yeah, so it's that Alabama Shakes thing is there are only three or four great songs on it but the right. whole album does have that arc to it and biggie smalls i never i know his name i don't, right. i never listened to it it's right. um what year is that album from
1: that is from that album came out he was killed. that was wow i feel old that was 1992 92 three.
0: 92 or 93
1: okay oh my gosh yeah. so but
0: but did you have I mean, when you say that you like old school, is it is it mostly that '80s and '90s stuff, or do you go back to the '70s? I feel like, well, it, you know, I feel like the first rap
1: songs, the first, uh, obviously, the Sugar Hill Gang gets credit for the the first right. one, but also and I only around, know
0: that because of one. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I get but the history lesson. That's uh, and there's a whole uh, background. I think you'd be really interested in the whole background story with that. Apparently, like the, the Sugar Hill Gang guys were um, basically just front men. The, the the actual raps were written by other rappers that were local guys in the Bronx and in Brooklyn. And really, like, these guys just kind of got fucked out of there. There was no such thing as rap, really. There was right. No, that music didn't really exist. Yeah. And so... Uh, this uh, this woman that was trying to, to create the first rap group thought that the Sugar Hill Gang would be a great front group because, you know, they, they looked okay. a lot better. They looked less street oh. than these guys. Oh, you could sell it. And a lot more crossover. Yeah. You know, they're like, we got to get this crossover into, to something that's, you know, some, somewhat yeah. mainstream. Marketable. And uh, it, it was interesting because during the documentary, uh, one of the guys that's that's rapping he, rap, he raps and spells out the name of the original guy because he just literally was just doing somebody else's rap. And he's talking oh, okay. about himself. But it'd be like if I, if I was rapping about myself and I spelled your name out because these are your raps. Oh, you know, like he didn't even realize that he should have inserted his own name into oh, his rap. Shit. Yeah, there's, yeah, and he's it's, <laughs> is permanently, uh, you know, it's part
0: recorded of, as. Oh, by the way, I stole it from this gentleman. Yeah, and
1: <laughs> this is his exact name and address. He should have said it was address. Just a really just fucking. Lay <laughs> that, out. Would
0: have been. that would so, have been. and royalty checks could go to this social exactly, security and, number. And you look
1: at the way those guys, all those guys, just were just completely ripped off for of their product. Yeah. You know. Those you watch those behind the music's where they're, they're signing ten album contracts. Wow, you know for millions of dollars, th- right? No, well, no, not then. I mean, those oh. guys were getting paid. You know, each owed fifteen thousand dollars. Okay. To you know, three seventeen-year-olds from the Bronx, and they're all over it. I mean, and you're making millions. You know, right. these guys. A lot of these rappers, and I actually, no kid of uh, Kid and Play. I don't know if you know that yeah. old rap group. I know, he's a comedian now. Right. For Kid, Reed. he's doing stand up. Yeah, and I was talking to him, and uh, he told me he was sleeping. Like while the the movie house party was in the movie theaters, he was sleeping on his dad's couch. Ugh. Like these guys are just flat broke. Like world famous,
0: world famous, world, and taken for a buggy ride by the music industry,
1: by the music industry, okay. and just I mean you know, and even like pop groups like uh, New Edition, which had like Bobby Brown, all those guys, yeah. they were saying that they were go they would go on like a world tour and it would be partying and groupies, and you know, no money though, and that bus would just drop them off right back in the hood, like a nice tour bus. Everybody in the hood just stand out, and they just get off like. You know, See and you the guys? bus would just drive away, and they were like, "That was awesome!" Like, that no was money,
0: a, no money. You're no just like, "Can money. I have the cheese platter? Yeah, like, exactly. just, just take that to go."
1: <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's, oh, that it's sucks. Yeah,
0: that sucks. Yeah. So, who were the ones who first sort of took control of their own lives?
1: I feel like the first people that really started to understand that this was a money making business. If you kind of look when the when the '90s came out, when the '90s started. And I feel like you started to see Puffy for the first time. Right. You started to see Jermaine Dupri. You started to see guys that were managers. And and they were really kind of into the flash of it. Right. But they were also into the business side of it because they, I think they'd seen so many artists, so many street guys. These guys are just street guys. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like if you think about the way the UFC started, the UFC is now a huge...
0: I never Multiple. think about how the UFC started. Well, yes. How did the UFC start? The UFC
1: basically <laughs> started just how you would think it would start. It was just, you know, Fight tough, Club tough man contests. Not even. Just okay. tough man contests. We're just like, you know, a guy would come in, to, you know, take his shirt off, still have his work boots on, and just swing it out with another guy. Okay. I, um, I, I was in uh, Alabama working the Stardome down there. Have you ever worked that? No, no. Yeah, don't.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> it's cool. It's always-
0: Alabama may not be my demographic. Yeah, it's always good God when the manager
1: him. tells you, hey, uh, you need to slow way down. That's not a good thing. You're talking no- your normal speed. A- that
0: guy's funny. Yeah. Uh, sadly, uh, I, I want you to <laughs> slow down. <Yeah. laughs> what are you, 107?
1: But uh, I, I did a show, and the guy was like hey do you want to go see some amateur boxing and i was like yes
0: yes so <laughs> yes i do
1: i went to this uh there was a bar and i'm thinking it's going to be like some kind of rinky dink i mean they have a full it was wednesday night they have a full boxing ring like a regulation standard size yeah. boxing ring and you know the people were just drinking and kind of the bars was going on the way normal bar would and they just rang a bell and like a couple guys just shirt off Still got their, their their slacks on. From work. Air nikes. Yeah, from work. And would just go in there, put your headgear on, and just, I mean, guys were getting knocked unconscious. But I think if you won two fights, you got like 300 bucks. Okay. And it's just like, that's how people made their living. And so, right. there's a lot of guys that aren't scared to mix it up. And I think those tough man contests uh, eventually kind of devolved into backyard fights okay. you know, that were being filmed on the internet. Okay. And they got popular and I think people were like, well, we can make money off this if we can figure out a way to regulate it and sanction it right. and have it more safe. And then you get guys, and th- that kind of was the first transition between like guys going from the backyard and fighting in alleys and underground fight clubs, which I guess is always going on. Right, and probably now. still going on.
0: <laughs> I'm sure that course, that bar yeah. still has that ring, yeah. and they're like, we will still give you $300. Yeah, and if say
1: shut that bar down, they'll step right out in the back. Right. You know, and guys will just, you know, I got, I got five bucks on the black guy oh, yeah. you know and you that, that's what it is it's just you know people are, it's just human
0: cockfighting
1: i think yeah. is the best way to say it. that's how it started now these guys are world-class athletes
0: right now not now it's now it's a big deal and they're yeah. wearing satin shorts right exactly but, uh, <laughs> but cockfighting it's weird because um uh, my husband's family is all from Mississippi, and and his dad. Uh, I went to college Arkansas. in Mississippi. Really.
1: Did you? Where'd you go? I went to Tupelo in Jackson. It's an in all Jackson. School. Yes. Okay,
0: there you go. Yeah, where in there... Mississippi is, is he uh, Outside of Tupelo, okay. little little. We're going. This is a Mount Ida, Arkansas T-shirt that I'm wearing. Hey, hey okay. And because uh, uh, his Andy's uh, father, they, he grew up in this little town outside of Tupelo right. called New Albany. Okay. And we were there. The first time we went, I'm getting the tour of downtown New Albany, and there's one espresso machine uh, in this one coffee shop. And you know
1: that didn't come without a fight, a couple (laughs)
0: sneers. <laughs> right, right, right.
1: And, some dudes in New Albany not filling the espresso machine coming into town,
0: and it was broken. And, uh, <laughs> it was, and of course, it was. The it was. machine was broken, <laughs> and I said to Andy, "I was like, you know, if we ever had to live in this town, this is where I would live in this room." And he goes, "We're never gonna have to live in this town, <laughs> <laughs> and it's only an hour fifteen from Memphis, right?" And yeah. I was like, "And then so the next time we go, I'm like, now why wouldn't we?" live in Memphis if we lived in this town. He said, still not living in this town, Jackie. But here's the scoop. Nobody wants to live in Memphis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I Memf- was like, oh, okay. Memphis is rough. That's hard. Well, we uh we went to the Civil Rights Museum and yeah. stayed in a nice hotel. Yeah, so uh, it was fine, it was we fine by us. Yeah. It was like let's go get some barbecue. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> it was quite nice. I liked it. Yeah. Have you ever been to that Civil Rights Museum? No, it's it? uh, incredibly it? powerful. Yeah. I thought it was because it's it's just a regular sort of museum building, right? And, the, and but it's attached across the street to the motel where Martin Luther King was shot. Oh my god! I know it. And so when oh I heard that, I was gosh. like. Okay, that's kind of tasteless. Yeah, and then I showed up and I was like, Oh no, oh no, very very powerful. Right, it turns yeah. out and incredibly like that's you want site to tear where up history and stuff. took place totally I mean, like
1: change the the scope of this country. Yeah, that's what you
0: want to make right, the yeah. museum. It yeah. turns out so, and then you can go and in, into his room. Oh my goodness! And then you, and by the way, uh, the other I think I think they bought the building where the shooter was. Okay, so they have that James setup. Earl Ray. Mm. Uh, maybe that was a shooter. Maybe, maybe I will it's put it in the notes. Names. It's got to be three it's names. Why notes. wouldn't it be John Wilkes Booth? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. anyway, so we, um yeah, so that's but the Stardome, huh? And then yeah. and then UFC. So the beginning of hip hop was exactly like that, and I'm just, sure somewhere it was just guys rapping in the park.
1: It was, yeah, it was guys just rapping in the park, and 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 I think that it was going on for so long that eventually, you know, people. We're coming to see it. this brand new. They, they, they just thought it was going to die. It was going to be a fad. and you know, pretty soon dancing came along with it. You know, break dancing was oh, kind of right. hitting at that point. And when you listen to to, to hip hop, and I'll, I'll give you some things to to listen to and watch, like on yeah. YouTube, which is really cool. It's just like when you watch when you see rap, then. You, 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 you notice this. First of all, rap songs used to be like nine minutes long because yeah. there was like three or four minutes with no words where it was just the break beat for the break dancers to battle. Yeah. So like you would have the rhymes were really just kind of. Just a little bit of fluff to get you to the break dance. And Like the rhymes were like that. That was just a, right. you know,
0: we're actually going to be doing some dancing yeah, this here. Is about so the, yeah. you, <laughs> you talk amongst yourselves. Yeah, just <laughs> say
1: something about party people in the place, and we'll <laughs> we'll go from there. We don't really need it, you know.
0: It's well when I when I got into it in the the late eighties, you know that eighty eight eighty nine thing. It was it was because I was doing stand up. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my god, these are stories. These are awesome. You know, Big Daddy Kane. That still affects me. Romance with no finance is a damn nuisance. That still speaks to me. And, uh, I think that's well still put, true. BDK. <laughs> exactly. And then, like, you know, I'd, and what I would do is I would, I listen to that one album and he mentioned other rappers. Right. And so I was like, oh, well, go buy that Eric B. and Rakim CD, and then go buy, you know, Big Daddy Kane, and then go buy whatever, you know?
1: That was the original, if you like this, you might like this. It was. iTunes. That was the original one.
0: Yes. (laughs) Yes. It was a a very nice daisy chain of, hey, you're going to want to, this is my friend, and you would like him.
1: Right. That's the way I find new music, and then I pretend like I found it because I'm so cool. Right. (laughs) No, actually, a computer told me that I would like this, and it was dead right. It was
0: (laughs) Pandora. Well done. Exactly.
1: Exactly. I mean, that's the way,
0: because I don't know how,
1: how you move around the world of music, but I just feel like it's hard to have time to really, you know, when you're in your car and you're running late to a meeting, running to the airport, you're like, let me try out this new band. Like, you don't have time. You're like, let me go with what I know.
0: Right. Yeah. It, and it, But when you're in college and you're hanging out with 12 weirdos yeah. and everybody's into something else and you're like... What, what are you listening to? And yeah. then you're like, oh, that is awesome. Yeah. And nowhere else in your life are you surrounded like a litter of puppies around <laughs> a bunch of other people that are also 19, right? that are all listening to different things. Yeah. So after, once you get out of college, it's hard to keep up with all that music because you're not, you know, you're at work and everyone at work, it turns out, is working.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. How did you not avoid, because that's not the word, uh, how did you know that that? Or maybe maybe I'm I'm framing this wrong, the wrong way. Do, do you think you would thrive in a regular nine to five work environment? Because I was I was
0: at, I never have I never have thrived. I've never like I
1: was just walk. I I had to go in for a meeting and I was walking past all these cubicles and people were working. Right. And I remember you know being office temp and I used to work in cubicles. Yeah. How how much I felt out of place and how quiet it was and how weird that was for me. And I was like, this is not for me.
0: No, I, I I just, when I function, you know, the last day job I had, and I still sub for them because we left on good terms. Mm -hmm. And if I'm in town and they want to like the secretary or the, the scheduling person, it was a closed captioning company here in Los Angeles. And, um, if it's like that, there's a chance that, I'm going to be chattier. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make that office a little bit louder Mm -hmm. than it probably ought to be. Right. Because that's what comics do. I mean, that's, and not just comics, but extroverted kind of people where, you know, and if it is super quiet, I'm not psyched. But one of the great things about stand-up comedy, I was, I was just in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and I was walking around campus. And you know when you do a college town, you're like, mm. I miss college. Yeah. I should take classes. And you're like, oh, I wasn't particularly good at classes. Yeah. What I really like is hanging out in coffee shops and bars. And <laughs> near, a near a college campus. Near a college campus <laughs> and having the big conversations, the big discussions. But that's what comedy is. Right, <laughs> so definitely. So I've
1: already won. It's a way to kind of continue college afterwards.
0: Right. And you're just like, and 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 make that kind of big money right. that you didn't college. That's exactly. Well in your 20s. <laughs> well, well over $20,000 a year is being made, yeah. people. <laughs> yeah. Now, do you
1: think that, and I was talking to my homie about this the other day, do you think college is bullshit in that? <laughs> I feel like all the extracurricular things that you do in college, the day you graduate, no one ever does those. Because I remember like, I had buddies in college who were like, I am on the the Black African Studies Committee. And right. We have a poetry slam this Friday. I was like, I haven't heard of poetry since I walked off campus. You know, right. all the things that you were like so into and passionate about, like we're gonna send 300 quilts to oh, Siberia right, right. and just like all your thing, they just go away. I feel like as soon as you hit adult life.
0: Oh, right, right. All that sort of
1: like, I'm gonna change the world kind of stuff. Right. The day it, not even like the week, like the day you walk out of college, you're like, well, that was interesting, but that's done.
0: <laughs> right. Right now, I guess I'll go interview to be the manager of a McDonald's. Exactly, and exactly. Uh, <laughs> it's just my sister got me one of those interviews right out, and I was like, "Why would I want to do that?" And she's like. You need a job. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'll go talk to the McDonald's lady. And it was horrible. <laughs> why, why was it horrible? Well, because I walked in, and she didn't even say hi. She just said, what do you uh, think you have to uh, offer McDonald's? As we both sat down at this giant conference table. It's a good convo starter. Right. And so <laughs> I, uh, being obnoxious, and the world by the tail, I just looked at her and said, how's your day going? Hi. <laughs> that was I'm the Jack first thing you said. Yeah. That's beautiful. And uh, And then I uh did not get that job. Who cares? And I who wanted That's it? Great, yeah. Oh my god! And uh, it was I, it just I had yeah. But,
1: the woman that took that job now makes three hundred seventy thousand dollars a year.
0: <laughs> <It's like laughs> right. Regional manager ulcer. of the
1: North American branch. Like she's a loser, right?
0: Right. right? She She's a hump on her back. <laughs> yeah. it's a- yeah, but does she have a Captain America tumbler? I don't think not. she does. Unless exactly. McDonald's gave them away. <laughs> <Exactly>.
1: <laughs> a weird
0: collector set. Oh, she might. She might have a really nice set of whatever. Uh, yeah, there you go. Open. The uh, um, yeah, I do think that that you know, because I here's here's uh, Gramication is going to go off on a, on a thank you, and uh, yeah, so Grammication would like to do would like to say that I like the idea of the WPA. I like the idea of of taking time off before you go to college, just because you don't really know what you're studying, you don't really know what you're doing, and you can crawl, you can go, you can go to college and crawl into a bong and a and a a bottle, which is what you're going to do, which is what you're going to do. But you, why don't you go work on the highways and uh, and pick up trash, and you know clean up. Some you know why don't you create farmland out of Detroit? Someone offered me a, a tour of Detroit when I was there this last weekend, and I was like, no, 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 I don't need to see the dystopian future now. <laughs> and and it was better though because right. yeah. Well, it,
1: I think you're exactly right. I mean, there there is something where you just kind of I I don't understand why at 17 you're asked to make an incredible lifelong decision, especially with what your student loans are going to be. Right. You're signing up for a lifelong debt. Lifelong debt. Lifelong debt. Just paid mine
0: off a couple years ago.
1: And I mean, I'm, I mean, um, I mean, unless I get several sitcoms back to right. back, that all going to syndication, <laughs> Sally May is going to be very upset with me for a long time. Right. And it's like, you know, I, I made this decision to be a biology major at 17. Right. I'm glad I did. I ended up uh, teaching I guess I ended up using my degree. I taught middle school for a couple of years. Right. Five years. But, um, you know, how many people can actually say that? Right. And, I'm, and I'm, I'm one of the few people that use my degree, and I haven't used my degree in 10 years.
0: Right. I have a degree in political science. Right. And I just did an episode with Liz Winstead, and she was like, you don't know anything about politics. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, I'm not dipped in it like you are, you know, creator of The Daily Show. It's, yeah. But uh, it was a great episode, and I learned a lot about right. it. But I don't use it. I don't use my degree. And I do think... I mean, there's a difference between taking two years off, and you know your parent and, and your parents give you fifteen thousand dollars a year to go backpacking through Europe. Right. I mean, yeah. you know.
1: Well, my parents did that. <coughs> mm, yeah. Did they? no,
0: no. <laughs> it was like, what's happening?
1: Excuse me. A- I would just want to see a look on my dad's face. He wouldn't even know what I was talking about. <laughs> <Did> you- <laughs>
0: What did you want? Yeah, to do? You wouldn't even know. My brother what did that it was. for my niece. Yeah. Uh, to, she didn't want to go to college the first year. And he was like, I didn't want to go to college for, for, what do you want? What do you want to do? What do you want to do? And so she wanted to go, uh, winter camping for like an outward bounty kind of thing oh. for three months. And I think it was over $10,000. And I was like, okay. W- and you're going to pay for that? And he said, leave me alone. Yeah, I want to do it. So I'm going to live vicariously through her. So shut up. And I said, it's your money. Do whatever you want to do. And, but she was a very young 17 year old. Mm-hmm. And so she, but she was hilarious because I saw she wrote letters from she would the first two weeks and she said she cried for the first three days. I
1: knew you were going to say that. It's maddening.
0: And the, the guy who was probably 22 who was in charge of this, this, They were out for three weeks, right? Two or three weeks. And she said, I cried for the first two days. And the first day he said to me, cry it out. We're not turning around. That's good. Yeah, it was awesome. great advice. Right. And so she said by like day two or three, she was like, oh, no one is giving a shit. I better, well, why don't I just pick up my backpack and stop crying? (laughs) And I was like, well, that's the best 10 grand you ever spent in your life
1: then. Change it. Because I think that what she learned is what I feel like a lot of people never learn. Is that people don't give a shit? They don't care. <laughs> they don't. And it's easier to to maneuver around this world when you realize that you know if if you want to lay on the couch and uh, watch Maury episodes and gain sixty pounds and mail your life in, mm-hmm. people will kind of talk to you a little bit. But people are doing their own thing, right? And she learned very quickly, like I'm sure, like she's used to being in, in, because when you're high school and even college, they're can always be a buzz about you. You know, you're crying. You got four girls like, yeah. forget studying tonight. We're going to make sure you're, you know, everything's about you. Yeah. But as soon as you get into that adult world and people are worried about their own checking account and yeah. their own sex life and their own roof over their head. Right. Like you Heaven you're,
0: forbid they have children. Yes. Right. It, it goes
1: away. I mean, just, yeah. like people just don't have the time to care about you. Not, I mean, in terms of if, since that happened to where I take that back. Money well spent.
0: Why? Well, yeah. Well, that was my thing because I was like, "This is terrible, spent money." And mm-hmm. then I, and I was like, "Isn't there a cheaper way to do that, though? Yeah. Isn't there? where We're she could to gotten Get straight a, on A&E. A right, and <laughs> E, Or shitty day job? Yeah, uh, maybe yeah. that where you have to get your own apartment and uh for two years. And yeah. but it was it yeah, but it really did a nice job of building character and getting her out of her own head yeah. because when I think about show business and I don't know. I know everyone thinks this, is that, oh my god, that guy doesn't like me. Uh, that is the, the, because that guy isn't thinking about me. That guy doesn't dislike me. He doesn't like me. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. It turns care. out he's not thinking about, which is kind of more insulting. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but, kind of a relief if i can get there like if i can if i can plow through the hey the insulting fact that that guy doesn't give a shit (laughs) oh what a relief he doesn't dislike me right i don't and because i because otherwise you have to spend all of your energy going i don't care if he doesn't like me i don't care if he doesn't he's not thinking about you
1: no one's thinking about (laughs) you
0: and i'll tell you
1: everything coming full circle that's why i absolutely love living in new york city Right, because in New York, no one gives a shit. And like I, I see, like you know, like you'll watch, and it's so sad. Like they'll be like a gay teen in some like small town, and people treat them like shit because they're assholes. Right, and I'm like, I just want to like grab that kid's hand and be like, "Listen, dude, yeah, there's a city
0: right. <laughs> where it's you big. can go.
1: It's big. Right. People couldn't be more bored by the fact that you're gay or you have a razor blade uh, <laughs> scar going across your face from the time people don't." No, I catch no. people couldn't be less bored. <laughs> right. the, the bartender, they don't care
0: what you have up your ass right, right now, right? This
1: the bartender at my home bar in the East Village has a face tattoo, and no one's brought it up and all the times. So I mean, really, yeah, it's just a spider on the side of her face. It's kind of cool, and it's a woman. It's a woman who grown she, up woman who was a spider for job and received it and got the job. Got the job with the tattoo of a spider on her face. All right, and. No one cares. No one brings it up. She's a great bartender. Turns out she does her work. Yes. The other bartender is. I mean, I haven't discussed this with anybody, but is clearly a post-op transsexual.
0: Okay. Oh. oh yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. A so, brand I mean, new. A brand really, new person. It's a really
1: cool bar. <laughs> I love. You know why I love that bar? And it's there's a few bars in the city that I just really love. It doesn't have a freaking TV. I like uh, bars that don't have fucking TV. Excuse my language.
0: Men. Just, just sit there. We can talk. Let's talk. Right. I don't want four images happening at me. I, yeah. I stayed in a very nice Sheraton in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Mm-hmm. There were Were two- you doing a college gig or a club? Club. Oh, I was okay. doing that showcase. Ann Arbor showcase. Oh, how is that? It's great. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, Heard they would things. love you. I would love yeah, you. Do it, Roger yeah. Roger Feeney. Okay. And I'll, Roger, you're about to get an email from Al Jackson. Mm-hmm. AljaxonLive dot ladies and gentlemen. Yes. <laughs> uh or at AlJacksonComedy on Twitter. Oh. There will be links. Uh <laughs> <laughs> it's uh we've digressed off of the but um yeah, it's but there were TVs. One of my, and, and I've told this story before, Rangers, know the dark forest, you can hear it again. Know in your hearts <laughs> that Milwaukee has the best um airport in the world because there are televisions at every gate. But all it is, is it's cable and you can change the channel. What? Yeah. There's no overhead music. To war with the television, and you can go. Oh, I actually want to watch I Love Lucy. There we go. And, I don't want to watch Fox News. I don't want to watch CNN. I don't want to watch.
1: How, how do you not want to watch Fox News on mute with no closed caption? Which I think is the weirdest thing. <laughs> they just have the TV on, and it's just a talking head with no words coming. out.
0: Like, right, when, all you when get when is staring at it. Everyone's staring <laughs> at it because it's shiny and the pictures yeah. move, and you're like, oh, I hate you. Yeah. And yeah, that's that sounds like a great bar.
1: It's. A, I just like bars where I can just go. With my friends, and let's just have a couple beers and catch up. Yeah, we're going to hang out
0: for, what, an hour and a half, two yeah, hours? We're going to have, have a couple
1: of bailout beers. device. If we run out of things to talk about for two seconds, we are both looking up at this thing. Like, wow, I don't care about what's going on. Right. I, talk, I came to this bar to talk to you.
0: There's a geek device that you can turn off any television. Uh, that, uh, my buddy Andrew Salmson has it. Right. And, uh, we got in trouble once.
1: Did you really? Yeah. Cause
0: we were at some, we were at some horrible, like, TGI Friday sports bar thing over on the 3rd Street Promenade. Yeah. And the television was loud, and right in our, and it was right, like, at face level. So, if we had a blooming onion, yeah. it would have been at the same <laughs> level as the blooming onion. And so we turned it off, and this, and one of the waiters came over and was like, I'm sorry, this, this turned off. And we're like, well, it's actually okay with us I'm trying to be nonchalant yeah. about it. And he's like, it's actually corporate policy that all the TV's Ugh. have to be on. And I was like, well, Ugh. then I hate your corporation. Where are you having a drink? I
1: don't know, at this corporation's <laughs> bar that they've designated for me to go to. What a- That has what to you- be showing ESPN 13. If your home bar is a chain restaurant, you have missed the point.
0: <laughs> of having a home bar. Of everything, yes! everything.
1: Yeah, Everything. I usually hang out at Chili's. Uh, <laughs>
0: On a Thursday. They they pour my shots with a
1: government regulated. (laughs) I hate those. I call those the New World Order caps that go on the bottles where it's like it can only pour a certain amount. It's like so the bartender can't ever get an extra tip.
0: Right. Ugh. Aren't there. It's almost like a Starbucks situation where they'll press a button and then it'll create a shot. It's
1: really embarrassing. Don't create a
0: shot. It does feel
1: like no adults are involved. Yeah, it does. It's like we don't trust this 39 year old man to pour a shot of rum. And then splashing Coca Cola on top of it.
0: Right. Okay. So, what should people go go listen to? What's What's good starter hip hop? If you've never listened to hip hop ever, yeah, uh, I feel like a good jumping
1: off point. If you're gonna, if you're like, I want to kind of know where, because rap was so diverse. Um, because there was almost there was very little money to be made.
0: Yeah, it could be so, anything.
1: So you could have, you know, in in the in the late eighties, early nineties. You could have anything from you know, and even mid '80s, silly kind of funny rap like the Fat Boys that were kind of goofy. Yeah, you had like bands like Digital Underground that made the Humpty oh, right, Hum. Right, yeah, just, they were just they were really just a funk band that like just got put on a you know plastic glasses and a nose, right, and had an alter ego. And it was just his, this goofy character. And they were like, if you wanted to get political, there were guys like KRS-One. They were right. talking about things that were going on in the community. Mm-hmm. And if you just if you wanted to, to talk about shooting other people, there was a lot of West Coast rap that was just starting to come in. And that, that wasn't, oh, you know, the
0: NWA and all those that, guys. That all right? started, yeah, yeah, in
1: the late 80s or straight out of Compton, I think it was 1989. Right. And and, and people weren't talking about that. And that, that, that hit huge. Yeah. And there was just this huge thing. So it's like if you wanted to kind of smoke a joint and, and think about abstract things tribe called quest was right there yep. there were a lot of there were a lot of outlets where you could listen to rap and it would kind of fit the mood that you wanted to be in
0: yeah it didn't have to it, it wasn't all dance rap and it wasn't all political right um i listened to all political rap just because and i remember in 1990 this native american public moment, enemy i was listening to public enemy mm-hmm. and uh and and i i would listen to it and This woman, Native American woman, who I was working at my old day job at Northern Sun Merchandising in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Free plug. Free plug for them and their hippie wares. And uh, so she was like, why do you listen to this stuff? And I said, it gets me nice and angry. Yeah. And uh, she's Native American. She was like, you need music to get angry? (laughs) I was like, I'll be over here terrified of you. That's the
1: last thing you hear before somebody breaks a bottle on the bar.
0: (laughs) I'm going to cut you. (laughs) I know it. I know it. So, yeah, yeah, it's true. All that early stuff, it can be anything. And I remember, I think the next hip-hop I listened to, I remember there was a lot of talk about Eminem. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, that guy seems like a tool bag, man. uh, But I didn't listen to any of his music. And then someone gave me one of his albums, and I listened to it. I was like... Oh, it's kind of it's kind of interesting yeah. <laughs> what, what, what's happening oh, those are some some fat beats yeah and uh and then i used to do this joke about how nellie and uh and Eminem and how i i could tell that that I was getting a little older because they're hanging out with the wrong girls. Yeah. And you're <laughs> I like, like that. Right. Because yeah. it's just like, you know, if you hung out with librarians, you would be singing about how bitches be reading too much. But if you're hanging out with strippers and hookers, it's always going to be about women are after your cheddar. It's always going to be like that. Librarians
1: are, are good ones. They don't. Now, did you read your, your your dark chocolate? Oh,
0: yeah. I got a dove dark here. Hi. Listen to me chew, America. Okay. Okay. Um, Talk amongst yourselves while I finish swallowing.
1: You can't go wrong with a little mm. dough. I I don't know. I, I, and I'll ask you this after you're done chewing. Have you noticed that your taste buds have changed over the last? Everybody says your taste buds change every seven years, which I oh, really? thought was bullshit. But I'm telling you, Jackie, I I spent. I'm 34 now. I would say for the first 32 years of my life, I couldn't stand mustard. I didn't oh, really? really like chocolate, especially I didn't like dark chocolate. Uh, and they were like, they, and I've just noticed like, a, I mean like asparagus. Okay. And I was like, I don't think two days will go by without me having asparagus. And I like almost, a, everything's almost done a complete one eighty where the things I that I really like, no, asparagus, and dark chocolate, that's and a, some that's
0: mustard, how, that sounds like a terrible I'm like, sandwich. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, guess who made dinner tonight, honey? <laughs> <laughs> that's the way you get out of making dinner for the rest of your life.
0: For the rest of, do you okay. cook? I do cook. My wife does. Um, you can see our victory garden afterwards uh cuz we're at war so i planted a victory garden okay oh yeah, yes, yeah we got yes. zucchini we got kale we got collard greens no, you don't. all oh yeah we have oranges no. and we have uh, lemons you can you can take yourself essentially a uh, a <laughs> box of food if you'd like oh, on the way goodness. up. uh okay so here's my uh, here's my dove dark promise keep the promises you make to yourself that sounds threatening. Go you for should
1: it. be. You should like. That's a, like. That's the thing that you say when the general's shot and he's only got a few more minutes left. And he <laughs> grabs your collar and he pulls you in and he says that. That's his and last line. You close his eyelids with your two fingers
0: <laughs> and then you're like, "You, know what my last promise was, sir, uh, that I'm never going to get in another war." Gotta go, <laughs> <laughs> running.
1: <laughs> well, there, it's it's funny you you bring a war because I wanted to talk to you about this. Okay. I. Uh, I was on a flight and I was reading Time, which I usually don't do. I'm not a huge fan of Time, but they do have some decent articles. Sure. And uh They That's what I
0: hear about Playboy. Yeah. Exactly. Uh-huh.
1: Exactly. <laughs> Go. They had this uh they they had the uh the, this whole layout about the last days of Bin Laden. Did you read about that?
0: No. It was Oh, I saw so I read some Interesting. Yeah.
1: It was really interesting in that like uh you know, I guess like uh just the the way the whole mission kind of went down and or
0: oh, like the choices the team the, made? The choices
1: that, that, that the, the higher-ups had to make and the choices that the team made because, you know, they sent two Black Hawk helicopters after them. And they, apparently they they were flying in some kind of like really cool – I'm sure to yeah. them it's not cool. <laughs> to me, I was like fascinated. But they're flying so low. I forgot the name of the pattern. But you're flying so low like you're swerving around ch- trees going 150 miles an hour. in a,
0: Whoa. In like, a helicopter? Yes.
1: That's like to avoid radar and all that kind of okay. stuff. Okay. So you're like flying along. They flew along the river. They get there, they get to Bin Laden's compound, the first helicopter crashes. The, I, no one ever knows that the first one crashed. Oh my gosh. Because I guess they had been practicing these maneuvers, but they had been practicing in a, in an enclosed area that was a fence. You know, so it, okay. you know, obviously it was air could pass through, but Bin Laden's compound was walled off. So when the first one tr- tried to land within the walls, I guess it was too much wind created by oh, the air being trapped. Right, so right. like this pilot was so good. Even though the, the the helicopter crashed, he was able to like land in like some soil or something, so people still got off the. Oh,
0: so yeah. people lived. So
1: people lived. Okay. And the second pilot was so fucking good at the job. He saw that and immediately made an adjustment and was able to land. So the second helicopter landed, and they stormed this place with C four, just eliminated everybody. The C four
0: the explosion yes, stuff. Okay, that, there yeah, you go. that's
1: that's the cool shit. But right, like,
0: right. That's I think we're always talking about it on bones. That, that's like hack for being a uh, <laughs> for being a spy. Like you
1: have to. All right, do your C four thing. <laughs> but like they really had it, and it's just I couldn't. Have, I, I when I when I read stuff like that, there's no there's got to be no greater rush in your life, right than to just, like, somebody looks you in the face and be like, you're going to go kill bin Laden. You are. You're right. going to do it.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> just, like, somebody had it's, that
1: discussion with somebody, like, you're going to go get this guy. I mean, just.
0: Right. It's, it's, it's like when somebody said, okay, let's go kill Hitler. Yeah. And you're like, wait, do I get to kill Hitler? Yeah. I suppose that there's people who'd want to be. And my whole thing with the bin Laden is, was the, in Pakistan now, they're actually. They've jailed four of his wives and daughters or something like that. And you're like, yeah, those guys, they're women, so they couldn't travel by themselves. So they were the only ones who couldn't run. Wow. So charming. Government of Pakistan. The fact that all of his brothers and sons and, and all were able
1: to leave the country. Yeah, they
0: were all able to leave and uh, live to fight cool. another day. But uh, all the ladies who were trapped there wearing their Obi Wan Kenobi outfits, um, <laughs> which I have worn. Right. Uh, I was I was in Saudi Arabia wearing an a band a headscarf. Yeah, and uh, I looked a lot like Obi Wan and yeah. my grandmother right off the boat.
1: Yeah, you have uh, to have some like really like knowledgeable things to say when you have something like that on. Like, you're
0: just right. <laughs> It's just it, here's those aren't the droids you're looking for. <laughs> that was, I literally said that to one of the soldiers yeah. as we were going off the base, got an unforced laugh from him. That's good. He was just like – because the, everybody the – um, the Saudi base that we, we went to do stand-up on, right, is a Saudi base that there's an American base within. Right. And it's full of Americans who are like, God, they hate us. Oh, really? my God, they hate us. Why? Are we, it was so tamped down. The energy was so incredibly dampened mm-hmm. that everybody was kind of bummed. And um you're like, I would rather be in that weird, like there was a, in Kuwait, there are people that are just tired. Like that's where every all the soldiers in Kuwait seemed, and the Air Force guys are like, we are bored out of our tiny lizard mines in Kuwait and then we were in Africa and Djibouti right. where everybody was like, this is a pain in the ass, but here we are and we get to drink yeah. and, uh, <laughs> so I mean so like the 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 vibe of each of the different bases was, was weird yeah yeah and then when you were in when we when I went to Iraq like two and a half years ago or whatever, those guys they were neither bored nor they felt they were just it was they were scared right there was there was like a constant vigilance it was a mad eye moody moment uh, yeah. harry potter you know just yeah. like it's constantly they were it, but no one was bored.
1: Right. Because it, were they constantly being shelled? I mean, did you ever go over there and you felt endangered?
0: Uh, I did, but I think that's because I'm a chicken shit. Uh, so you never, no. cause there was like, but we were driving in like the, the, we were in a Humvee likey thing, like this, uh, MRAP, mine resistant armored personnel vehicle, and we're driving in rural or what looked to be rural Iraq, uh, from Baghdad. It was right after we supposedly gave them back their city. Right. And we did, but all, all, all the American forces did was said, yep, you guys get Baghdad back. We're pulling out of the city, and then we're going to make a thousand tiny little bases outside of the city. <laughs> and you're like, well, that yeah. wasn't, I think, what they were thinking of. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it's get on a plane, go home. Yeah. <laughs> and so we had to drive to these cobs and fobs. They're combat bases and fighter bases. And um, so we spent one. I have to know what's the difference. I don't know. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. I got nothing. We fight at
1: this one. We don't combat.
0: Right, right. There was a, there's a, there, there's a FAB, a COB, and a JSS. And uh, I can look them up, put them in the, yeah. in the notes. But we're driving to all of them, and at one point, we're in, where there's three of these MRAPs, and there's three comics. It was me, Nate Bargatze. I love Nate, yes. Yeah. My homie. He's a great, he's a great comic. That's hilarious. And, uh, and it's being run by Scott Kennedy. Okay. Yeah, who goes every month. And that's why I went because he knows everybody, and he knows that if there's trouble, we're not going to get killed. Right is the way I figured it. And so it came to pass. Like w- there were times when there were a couple of things that weren't working right. He knew who to call. And like the the last time I went, I went, and the guy who was running it got got hurt day two. And so then he ostensibly left me in charge, mostly because I'm a freaking bossy magoo. Yeah. <laughs> but uh but it was it was. There was me, April Macy, and uh, Alicia Cooper. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, Vargas Mason was okay. running it, and he hurt his knee. He broke his knee and had to get shipped home day two.
1: Wow. Yeah. What, what did he do to his knee?
0: Well, we, nah, dork forest people will know that uh, they can go to the YouTube video and <laughs> uh, and see because what they took us day one in Djibouti at on the base in Africa. They took us to because we we're supposed to go to Afghanistan, but they killed Bin Laden. The same like month. Oh my god! And they're like, "You're not going to go. You're not going to go to Afghanistan anymore too soon." Right. And we're like, "Well, why are we going anywhere?" And they're like, "No, no, you're still going." And I was like, "Did I enlist?" At some point, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> Can I get out of there? Yeah, I don't want to go at all now. Yeah. I'm scared now. No, yeah. no, you're still going. And uh, <laughs> so we go to Africa, and they take us around the base. And one of the places they take us is the canine unit. And they ask, "Do you want to put the bite suit on and get taken down by the dogs?" And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah I do. Of, course I, of do. course I do. It's like going to see you're the like UFC. Putting, you're putting it on as they're
1: asking. <laughs> yeah. if you want
0: to do it. I was like, I love dogs. Let's <laughs> do, do this. It, yeah. And so I went first and it was me. And cause I said, yes. Vargas said yes. April said yes. And Alicia Cooper was like, what are you people out of your minds? No. <laughs> she was hilarious. And so, and she filmed it and it's a six minute video. Feel free to fast forward a minute, three and a half, unless you want to watch me sweat putting on a bite suit, uh, for, I don't know why she started so early in yeah. the hopes that she would catch something yeah. probably because there's video of Vargas's too, but it isn't cool yeah. because I had a 25 pound Belgian shepherd that they brought out and they're like, and I know that I'm never going to outrun a dog and I'm wearing the bite suit and they're trained. And so they're like, run, pretend like it hurts and the dog will take you down. And like an arrow, this thing takes me down and it's hilarious and it's scary. and It's fun. Is it
1: it like he, the dog's just on you immediately?
0: Immediately. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's, I mean all the, the 12 seconds you want to watch people minute, three and a half and uh, I'll put a link. And so, but the Vargas goes next. And they bring out a 75, 80-pound German Shepherd. And he's like, that is a Birmingham civil rights dog. I don't want to fucking run. <laughs> in front of that and he's genuinely nervous. Yeah. But he's like, and they think he's kidding because it's funny. And he's like, okay, 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 okay. So he puts the thing on and he tries to outrun the dog. No one's been able to outrun the dog, ever. Yeah, no one ever. That's in the history of ever. Of running, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, and so the dog takes him down, but he almost makes it. And he jams his knee against this wall and breaks his patella tendon. Oh. And quite honestly, the bravest thing I ever saw in my life, he's still cracking jokes. It's like Reagan after he got shot. Yeah. And he's just like, yeah, no, no, I'm fine. All right. Call my insurance agent. And, uh, you yeah. know, he's making these jokes, and they put him in, and then... And then they, they're like, well, you were done. You gotta go home. And, uh, yeah. and he's like, well, do you guys want to keep going? And we're like, really? The three of us without a headscarf between us, just wandering <laughs> loosey goosey around the Middle East? Yeah. Yeah. It turns out we all need $12. And so oh. we keep going. Oh. <laughs> and he, get this coach. He flew coach. He flew from Africa, from Djibouti to Ethiopia. Had And, and I was like, please. There will always be another four grand, man. Yeah. Bump yourself. And he's yeah. like, I got two babies, man. I can't do it. And I was like, ah, oh, dude. Well then then milk a milk the goodwill. Yeah. And he got a he got bumped up to Ethiopia, he got bumped up to Kuwait, he got bumped up to Heathrow, but Heathrow to LA, bulkhead. I was like, dude, because he had to keep his legs straight. Yeah. So they did what they could, right. But they didn't bump him up. And I was like, man, and he had a six hour layover in Kuwait. No, he did not. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Where where we we pitched in and put him in the United Lounge. Lounge. At least. Yeah. You know, I was like, at least they have Wi Fi and a free Ex- soda. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> oh, I guess they wouldn't even have beer in Kuwait, huh? Which no. is what I would do. I would I would self medicate all the way Right,
0: well that's it. You'd just yeah. be like, Well, they gave him good drugs. But since he had to walk he couldn't be completely hammered, like he couldn't take the morphine pills or whatever the hell it was. I was like, dude,
1: yeah, I ruptured my Achilles tendon, and I was still oh, traveling no. a lot. Yes, ruptured, complete rupture in front of my wife <laughs> playing pickup basketball. <laughs> ruptured it and was still having to travel, and I didn't. I'll tell you this for as much and and for as like a semi depressing a topic as it is, uh, when you start talking about you know because I, I, obviously there's been a lot of problems with people mixing. Uh, prescription pills and alcohol. Oh right, but uh, you know I had never taken a prescription pill until I ruptured my Achilles, and you know they give you.
0: Oh, so you weren't really thinking about no, it. No, I didn't even realize. And You're I like, had. i um, gonna want a beer with this. Yeah,
1: I took an Oxycontin. <laughs> I was getting on a flight, and I had uh, I, I had two glasses of red wine just at the bar, not thinking, not even like I'm gonna get fucked up. Just mm-hmm. like hey, I'm having a glass of wine for a flight. I went to stand up, and there was. I had nothing. <laughs> I had nothing. I mean, no motor I had skills, spaghetti legs, and you know, like you don't want to be the drunk dude that's been asked to not get on the flight. I'm like, mm-hmm. I can't do that. And I pulled it together, and I was like, never again. I can't. You can kind of see now how I'm. I'm if I had had a couple more pills and a couple more drinks, it could have been really bad. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know? And I'm a 225 pound dude, but right. You know, I can't like like those pills. There's just no book out on what. Combinations of work and what doesn't work because oh, right, right. it seems like night to night, you you hear like oh yeah we had two pills and we did three shots of Jack you're fine but four shots of Jack and one pill you're dead right it's just there's no no I don't think
0: anybody no knows no it's how a to, weird cocktail yeah I accidentally except for that it's never an accident with me with drugs and alcohol right <laughs> I was offered a Valium and I was like yes yeah. what is this and then we're doing shots and beers and then I forgot that I had to go to this. um it was at NYU, uh, uh, a graduate faculty. Uh, it was a, it was a <laughs> wine and cheese event. I was meeting my friend and still comes up, still comes up about, she was like, what the hell? Because we were taking the subway afterwards. She was like, "What the hell is the matter with you?" Yeah. And I was like, N-n-n. "And were you slurring?" I was. Oh, I was, <laughs> my face was falling off yeah. of my skull. <laughs> Volume and shots and beer. What time? It's insane. And she yeah. was like, "You are out of your tiny mind."
1: Yeah, that's beautiful.
0: All right. So wait. So there's so much stuff that pe- so what people what people should do is they should just Google. I want to hear dance beats 1987. Uh, I would say if you. What's the YouTube that you were going to recommend? I, I would
1: YouTube just to go. I, I would go uh, classic, uh, late '80s hip hop. Okay. If you, if you YouTube that, and uh, oh, and if, you'll be given a smorgasbord. I bet. Yes, there's a t- there'll be a ton of videos that come up, and also if you uh, just want to uh, just see like what break dancing really looked like back then, when like people used to leave their house. And go like, Okay, I know my crew's got a battle jackie tonight at the Palladium. And like we would leave our house dressed alike right. and we would battle you
0: <laughs> and leave. <laughs> like right. was, you would wear your team yeah. sweat hogs yeah. jackets. Our our red and
1: red Adidas jumpsuits versus your it. blue Adidas jumpsuits and we would just break dance and then that was the end of-
0: And who judged? The crowd. Oh, the crowd! The crowd, the, crowd the, the response. Circle,
1: the circle that was around you. Right. That was they were the judge and jury, and uh you know, you it's if,
0: democracy. It is finest.
1: If you just uh if you Google like breaking two, not breaking, but just breaking two or right. breaking break those oh, old movie? movies. Yeah, you can see all those like, and they have little snippets of just battles, right. you know, between different breakdancing crews
0: in the in the late eighties and early eighties, which is just. There's super a new dope. dance movie coming out that I am on board with. Step up four. Step up three. Bring Uh huh. Is it four? I don't know. It's got to be. It's step up, up something. Came up. Is Whatever. it really? it is but it's i love first of all i'm a huge fan of whatever the b plot's gonna be yeah you know because the b plot's gonna be like man you gotta believe in your kids yeah or whatever. i mean it's just like the
1: b plots are always so they because they just they really just want to dance and so what they do is they have to like like you know put together some horseshit story about like you know there's always some kid who's like it's always some white kid that's like they're very nerdy and awkward, mm-hmm. and then as soon as they get actually, like, literally somebody like nudge them into a, a breakdance circle, and they're like, "I don't know what I'm doing here." And then it just like they start.
0: Just, I'm like, "Wait a second, homie." End of foot. and, a, fo- and it, a Footloose. Yeah, exactly. Remember, end of Footloose, it, yeah, when that guy took his glasses it, off, and all of a all sudden, of a sudden a he was sudden, the best all dancer. All the moves are right there. That's it, popping yeah. and locking. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but remember, the B plot of Footloose was, of course, uh, censorship is bad. That's right. <laughs> and uh, Dirty Dancing, keep abortion legal. That's. <laughs> and uh, it's a uh, it's it's a n- great nostalgia game that I like to play. When I go see, and the shittier the movie, like, the more hilarious. Yeah,
1: like, what was this movie really about?
0: Right, two yeah. weeks' notice. I yeah. don't know, or or music and lyrics. Uh, both of those, um, what they're they're all uh, eating disorder movies. Oh, it's weird. Hey, look who has an eating disorder. You might not wanna. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> could be anything. Yeah, Wall E. Uh, humanity is disgusting and foul, but mm. we're kind of adorable. Yes, that is the message. Watch of how Walmart.
1: fat we can get. <laughs> Look I'll how fat it.
0: and lazy we are, <laughs> but we somehow we like us. Yeah, robots like us. Yeah, so we're likable, right? <laughs> <laughs> Fun game. Okay, so uh, what about books? Any books you'd recommend? What you, uh, you'd, What was the last book I read? You've been I, the last book I read. The last book I read was The Serpent Prince, a romance novel. I wouldn't recommend it. I, what, what's The Serpent wasn't. Prince? It had all Maria Bamford bought it for me in Ann Arbor okay. uh, at a CVS.
1: Okay, so yeah, it's gonna be good.
0: So it's got all kinds of problems. And I'll read a shitty romance novel to yeah. refill the well after reading something intense, <laughs> yeah. right? And uh, but this was. First of all, the filthiest romance novel I think I've ever read. It had a mutual masturbation scene in it what I don't sold it the c v s and at one point, this is supposedly set in seventeen sixty this guy's teaching his wife how to hank get my hand job. It was the gra- it was graphic and how do how do they
1: phrase that though in those books like how would how would they how would that if that was being read out loud like how do they
0: uh, do they is- allude to it?
1: Like she, she wrapped touching... his hand
0: around his staff and then she went up and down and she cupped his balls. I mean, it's genuinely Do they that. they say balls or nothing? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. They might say testicles. They might, they might, I'm very sorry, uh, Rangers, uh, turn away from the radio. Yes. Uh, they might say the word globes. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: there we go. The base of his loin. <laughs>
0: And But here's here's where it got – because the thing is, is, if it's filthy, you're just like, oh, well, that was too much. Uh, you yeah. could just move on. This was p- too poorly written prose that was a little too dirty. <laughs>
1: poorly written more than
0: <laughs> Right. But then the second level that was creepy was that it was religious. Mm. It what- got bible and you're like, how can you have mutual this business going on, and a lot of this sort of uh, instructional manual, and also keep talking about the Jesus? And how then think that in there, she was religious, and it all happened after they got married. Mm-hmm. And then, and then here's the kicker, the trifecta of what made me want to burn this book in effigy, but I threw it away because uh, I was just like, I don't even want the maid to want this. <laughs> and uh, who's the woman cleaning the? Uh, and I mean, why did I just describe what a maid was? Yeah. There's this there's There's a, a stranger that comes in <laughs> at she, hotels. She wants no Every, harm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: She's fine people.
0: It was sad. Yeah. There was like a a, a sad sack um a uh, sad sack b plot message about killing people. It was like it was this weird. It was the worst. Book, I think, I, it kept me up one of the nights. I was like, I had nightmares about it. The yeah. next night, I was like, I'm going to need to find uh, a science fiction book or uh, some literature. <laughs> Luckily, I'm also um, I'm I'm in the midst of a comedy book uh, that is uh, by Stuart Lee. That's super what, dense and what's interesting. the premise of his comedy? Is when he tried to quit stand up comedy and okay. then he went back to stand up comedy. And why
1: did he try and quit? He just felt burnt out.
0: He was burnt out. And there was a. Uh, Have um, you ever felt like that? I'm, I'm actually in a weird place right now, but, Mm -hmm. but I've never felt that way before. And I don't want to quit stand up comedy because I love stand up comedy. What I would like is it to be better at it. How about that? I think you're really good at it. I know it. I appreciate that. No, no.
1: To hear you say that, that, that was not anything that crossed my mind that I thought that you might say that. I thought that you were just going to say either the travel, or the crowds, or the audiences, or something like that. I didn't. Think maybe
0: the travels beat me up because I have been traveling a lot lately. Travels but, um, killing me. Killing and me. a lot of the new st- is it killing you? It's
1: killing me. It's
0: killing a lot me. of the new stuff I'm writing doesn't feel like it has a lot of punchlines. Mm-hmm. They're fascinating stories,
1: right? But uh, <laughs> but I feel like it, 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 you know with with this uh, the, you know just having people that know you and come out to hear you, I feel like that's they want to hear your stories. Yes. And I feel like a lot of people will feel. Short change if you came out and just people know and you just you're doing your set that you would do on a from nine ship. years ago, you yeah. know, something like that. You know, like people kind of want to want to hear what you really give a fuck about it. and and whether you know it or not, it comes yeah. across whether you get
0: whether right. You and and the thing is, invested. is I do think people are having a good time. I'm just I, I'm frustrated because some of the. Like over the last, and, and it's been great. I mean, I have like four new bits that started out about 18 months ago that uh-huh. were all five minute bits mm-hmm. that are now down to about three minute bits. Yeah, cut the fact, so that's, yeah, it. That's, that's it. That's it. Tighten up. it up. Tighten it up. Even found a couple of punchlines. Right. Uh, to, and, and they're, and they're jokes. They're real jokes. But, uh, and the new stuff I've written are again two five minute chunks. Mm-hmm. With no punchlines, and so I'm like, "Well, here's another 18 months of me whittling this and milking the goodwill of the audience." Yes, but, but when and you're on done, you will have 22 new minutes. I know it, and they will, and they that are be interested. illegal.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Boom. I don't and, think uh, people
1: realize how hard it is to get 20 legitimate comedy minutes, like new uh, minutes that you're proud of. It's. I mean, it's if, almost if somebody impossible. told you told told me it took them two years, i be like, yeah, that's about right. That seems. I mean, you know, to have something you're proud of.
0: Yeah, and you know, I it's it's like. And it's not that I don't love Louis C.K. Mm-hmm. And he says he gets rid of forty minutes every year. I was just like, yeah, but if you kept that forty minutes, it might be an amazing twenty. Right. Next year. Right. And it's unfortunate because, and it's not that the bits aren't good, but sometimes they don't have like a suit. They aren't super tight. Right. They could be the tightest because thing. Because they in can't another, be. They can't be after. Yeah, there's
1: a not year. enough hours in the day unless you're doing. You know, now granted. Louis got, and it's weird because I don't know if you've seen like. There's now this new wave of younger comics that are like, yeah, get rid of my set every year. I'm like, really? Dude, do you? You're not Louie. Louis can get up anytime he wants, seven times a night if he wants to. Right. You can't do that. Right. You know, and
0: he's been doing it for 26 years. Yeah. And you've been doing it for three. Please do not get rid of Please your new don't. material. Yes.
1: You need to ride that material for another six years.
0: Right. And, and, and then make and a CD. And
1: ready for TV. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and and then make a CD, and then you don't have to do it ever again. Right. And that's beautiful. Yeah. And uh, But those are good jokes, and people deserve to hear jokes that I think are well-written. Right. And not everybody can do what Louis does, which is seven times a night. And R- Right. No, no one can. No one
1: can. Even if you live in New York, I mean, just the hustle of just like, when you have a family, you know, you can't tell your wife every night, like, hey, <laughs> I got three open mics this Monday. Like, <laughs> fuck out of here. You know, you park your ass on the couch. You're not going right. anywhere, you know.
0: Right. Why don't you stay overnight at one of them? Yeah. Have a good time. Yeah,
1: because yeah, you got a, just as much a chance of getting laid there as you do here. So.
0: What? Yeah, so I, I keep it around. I keep asking. Here's a question that I'm going to answer. Nope. Go. <laughs> no, tell uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> me. What are you reading? I just read this book called The Glass Castle. Did you read that? Mm-mm. It's really interesting. Please, I, I will. Uh, I'll, I'll tweet you the name uh, the, the 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 woman that read it. Uh, the woman that wrote it. But I actually, just gave it. I read the book. I was finishing up the last pages. Flight attendant walked past me and said she had heard somebody talking about it. And I read the last few pages and gave it to her. Otherwise, i will give it to you. I just had it in my right. car. But um, it's this woman that really just that's wrote, so cool. It's really. I mean, it's such a cool book because it's it's written by this woman who both her parents were as it coming i don't want to ruin it but both her parents were <laughs> mentally ill on different levels okay and i mean just the her her is upbringing. it kind of slice
0: of life kind of stuff is it just a regular f- straight modern fiction
1: uh no 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 it's 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 an autobiographical
0: oh it's yeah, non yeah
1: nonfiction. i mean it's, okay. it's, it's her life and uh you know basically like her 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 dad was just he was a dreamer you know right and 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 the title of the book has something to do with that and her mom eventually becomes a person that uh is not mentally well and it, right, it's about her i don't know if it. you've
0: ever been married to a dreamer yeah
1: <laughs> uh, but that guy usually doesn't have a job yeah uh, so it, it really and i don't know it's weird that it just you talking about that just made me think i don't know if you you watch that show that's on tv called doomsday preppers no it's it's on the nat geo channel Doomsday preppers. Preppers. There okay. are a lot of people in this country that think that the oh. not the wor- think so much the world is going to end like an explosion. They think that the the economy is going to collapse and that there's not going to be any running water or electricity and people. Right. Are gonna t- so people literally build twenty five thousand dollar underground. Living facilities that are like reinforced. I mean, they have.
0: Wait, like bomb shelter? Kind of like from the
1: 50s? Yes, but like bomb shelters that are built for people to live in for for three years after the sun has burned out. Wow. And I mean, these people, you know, people have it. Like survivalists, but even more so. But even more so. And yeah, and there are people that like. There was this one guy who. uh, he He was teaching his kids how to survive and eat roadkill. So he's going. Up and down the street, picking up dead squirrels, p- placing them in a basket like a like little, he's shopping, like he's shopping, and he comes home and he he picks up this this atrophied squirrel Ugh. that was like in rigor mortis and it was like who wants who wants a squirrel for dinner? And his like six year old son was like I want it, and they were like arguing about this fucking flattened out squirrel. It was un- I was like I cannot believe I would be less child shocked- services. <laughs> yes, I'd be less shocked if there was a naked body on the screen than that that, that, that this guy is like cooking roadkill and feeding it to his kids. And, you know, there's, like, five-year-olds Man. and, like, you know, their dads that are, like, they're they're prepping, getting their family out of the house. So, like, it's 5, you know, 4.30 in the morning. They turn the lights on and put a gas mask on your four-year-old daughter and they run them out. And just imagine, like, your dad telling you the world's going to end right. when you're four and a half. Wow. Like, what that would do to you as a person. And you're going through drills and, like, you're learning how to eat, you know, drain soil to get the water Right. And drink it and make smooth. It's 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 it, it, it makes
0: my grandmother's. Hey, we're gonna have a garden. Yeah. <laughs> Just because we're uh, frugal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when we were kids, it was a. Uh, it's more of a. Because I always think like um you know Andy's uh of so Andy's family lives in, in Arkansas and I always think to myself you could live in Arkansas in because he has an acre and yeah. he's like that's where we're going if yeah. it, if things go south and I was like really. I have chigger bites, and we were indoors the entire time. Yeah, I, they have more insects there than even in Wisconsin. So I'm just like I'm just cool, just dying. Yeah, yeah. Let's call it. Let's just go, go ahead. Let's I'm go tired. Swinging. anybody, anybody else? Aliens exhausted? land. I'll throw
1: some rocks at the mother shit. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. Like I my kids there. We good.
0: Okay. I just read a, a an Octavia Butler uh, book about uh, how the the. Aliens come to Earth and they're like, well, one of the things we have to do is to continue our species is to integrate with other species. Hmm. And um, there's all these humans that are like, we'll never fuck the aliens. And then you're just like, why wouldn't you fuck the aliens? <laughs> you're dying out because the, the people are dying out, right. the humans. and the And the aliens are like, well, this is actually how we – then we both get to keep living. We right. interbreed and then we're sentient beings that are a new kind of thing. Yeah. And there's a bunch of humans that are like – no. <laughs>
1: yeah, and you're like what? Yes, that would. Uh, just, they, yeah, they. You can just tell that Bill O'Reilly would love that. Like the aliens are trying to mate with our human women. <laughs> By aliens, I mean Mexicans.
0: Exactly. He'd That's, still
1: be railing about Mexicans still even it's like, Yeah, it's it's racism
0: <laughs> and a speciesism. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We're just was. gonna get everything. It's that's so great. So you read a lot of mostly nonfiction, a lot of nonfiction. Yeah. A lot of like,
1: I'm fascinated by people's lives and how they got there because it it seems like there's usually there's one thing in everybody's life where you, you are presented. It's laid out in front of you an opportunity to quit, you know, or to not, you know, to not fulfill your, your, your true potential and for a valid reason. Your mom used to hit you, sexual abuse, you know, whatever it is, uh, you know, you, you, you lose your legs at six, whatever it is. Right. I feel like everybody kind of has this, this, this opportunity to quit. And the people that don't, and the people that go on to achieve anyway, fascinate me.
0: Right. They fascinate me. And I just want to. I, I suppose, because all biographies and autobiographies, every single one that you, every single one that you read, there's, there's that, there's that moment where you're just like, oh, your life sucked. Yeah. Why didn't you quit? Right. I suppose. That, yeah, that sounds very inspirational. Because they could see
1: everything that was coming after. Yeah. You know when you when you you know when a shark takes your leg off. Yeah. And you realize you're never going to ride a bike again, and, and all these kind of things. And you really liked you, riding. Yes. A bike. You could just get depressed and get fat and and call it. Blame, and call yeah. it. Yeah. And I think a lot of people and a good friend of mine said this, and I never really thought about it. But he said. Uh, we were just, I was, we was like looking at a couple that wasn't talking at dinner and he was like, there's a lot of people that are just waiting to die. Yeah. And it's really sad and it sucks, but. Right. It's well within your rights to call it. Yeah. At- 48 if you want to
0: well you know i always say to myself you know i wouldn't kill myself but uh, if i were to die i am tired i'm not gonna i'm not gonna fight it (laughs) okay so aaron foley i don't know if you know her she's a new york comic originally Uh and uh but she came up with something like two episodes ago that made me laugh which was uh, a (laughs) dream sequence and it's essentially like what what would be your like when you're just sitting around and you're like you know, playing imagination, essentially, where you get to hang out with Biggie Smalls right. and you guys are like, well, we're going to order uh appetizers. <laughs> and we're going to have a couple of big – I mean, do you have – is there a dream – is there some sort of dream sequence where hers – involved the New York Giants and she's kitted out and she's got a roll in her hand yeah. and then she gets to meet Halle Berry at the end of it. A, <laughs> it was pretty good. It was a pretty good one. Yeah. My own involves uh, some sort of Ender's Game, La Femme Nikita, where I'm forced by the government to get into shape. <laughs> yeah, and like. then uh, and then I have chicken at the end of it because okay. I enjoy chicken a great deal. Anyway, um, is there is there like Hip hop wise, who, what would be sort of a nice dream kind of, let's all sit around and have some beers or some coffee or whatever.
1: I would love to hang out with the Wu Tang Clan. Yeah, and just smoke blunts with them in the in the yeah. <laughs> green room, yeah, and just and just like talk to them about like I'm I'm such a fan of their lyrics and how they came up. Like I would love, and then, like maybe you know since old Dirty Bastard died, maybe like they need me to fill in. Maybe, step maybe. In there. I'm used to being on stage. I just get I know sure. his I know his lines. I can do his lines. <laughs> you know, so that would I think that would be it. That would like, be it. just being on stage with the Wu Tang Clan and just kind of looking out because I think every comic kind of wants to be a rapper a little bit. And I yep. don't want to be a rapper. Like I've never written down lyrics, but just to s- say the things that you wrote yeah. with a beat in the back and just sure. like, kind of like see, feeling that rave. Uber
0: Hedberg the always had those, those albums with the music in the background. Yeah. You're just like...
1: Stanhope did one, too. Oh, something did he? To take, something to take the edge off. Him and uh, Henry Phillips. Played oh, did the, they? Uh, yeah, he played the the guitar. It's kind of like, you know, just a riff or whatever you call that oh, in the nice. background. Yeah, it's very chill. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: I like the idea of uh, you just hanging out with the Wu-Tang Clan going... You guys like me, don't you? Yeah. You, you, you're fans of me too, right? Yeah, yeah cuz I'm huge fans of you.
1: And like they just they're not even talking to me. They are just like taking the blunt like who the fuck is this dude? You know
0: oh, no, who they would this tell guy me, No, no. In your dreamland, in, in your okay. dream sequence, you're the head of the party. They're huge fan. Yeah, yeah, they're just like, "Oh, man, this have, guy." Have
1: you ever thought about who your most famous fan is? Now, and even if you don't know, cuz I mean, like you have to imagine that that there's somebody that you respect
0: that I've never heard of, like Al Jackson? coming that, up yeah. to you, going, oh, my
1: God, I'm yeah. here. <laughs> the, yeah, but it's like somebody like me, but, like, way more famous. <laughs> Take me and then, like, make it successful. You know, like, I'm, I'm, you have to think, like, maybe Michelle Obama saw you on TV and thought you were oh, hilarious. Right, right.
0: right. That know? would be so weird. How would you
1: ever know? Or maybe Chris Rock thinks you're hilarious. Never, he's like, yeah. yeah,
0: you're just like, I never run into that guy. And, yeah. and yeah, I I do. What does happen now is I get people who are, like, 26 years old who oh. – when they were 15, they saw my half-hour special, and they're yeah. like, man, it, it was really great. And yeah. it kind of made me love stand-up comedy. I was like, what? Wow! Holy crap.
1: Really? That's really big, though. That is big. That's really big. It's
0: like, you know, you're just like, you should call Comedy Central and have them give me another one. Yeah. Any chance? It's been nine don't, years. Don't Anything? you love
1: that when like, people are like, you should have your own show? I'm glad you said
0: that. <laughs> right. You, yes. If you know anyone, uh, you might want to let Al Jackson Comedy, aljacksonlive.com. These are things. Uh, thank you so much for doing the show. Thank you for
1: having I would love to come back anytime.
0: All right. We're, we're going to do it. Uh, Americans, uh, find Al Jackson doing stand-up comedy in uh, in your town. Well, Al Jackson Live, have your schedule on it and
1: stuff? Uh, it does. I'll be in, in Houston June? this week and uh, be in San Antonio at the end of the month. Right. Not bragging. And then I'll run through Michigan uh, next month. So. Doing Royal. Uh, I'm not even doing Royal. I'm doing like a bunch of smaller rooms in cities that I can't pronounce.
0: Oh, fair enough. Are you doing a one-nighter run?
1: Yeah, one-nighter run. Yeah, of, like, four four nights, so it works out, like four or five nights, so, it, like, the money's decent. Yeah, you know? yeah. So you just go you up put there. It together. And, yeah, and, I, you know, my wife's a photographer, so she'll be taking pictures of the mountains and stuff. Not mountains, but the woods, you know. It's
0: beautiful way, so. up there. You, you know, if you end up in the Upper Peninsula, especially in the s- spring and summer, you see why the Indians are still mad. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, like, no, no, you could leave at any time. That'd be great. No, this is ours. This okay. Is <laughs> okay, thanks for tuning in, Rangers of the Dork Forest. Um, don't forget to... Uh, Tell people about the show, really, or review it on iTunes. Do whatever you want. I like you. Bye. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat.
1: (laughs) My hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance.
0: (laughs) Yay. Oh, my God. We. Why don't we just call that as the end of the show?